A. Baker, who happens to be a doctor in psychology, welcoming you to the Tell It Like It Is, the Kingdom Way. And I am so excited. If you if you were with us last week, you heard Apostle Calvin Cook just go ahead and start to really uh, un unravel things that are necessary for us to be able to live the way God intended for us to live. And I'm not going to take up any more time, but I was so touched by that. I was so convicted in some ways and inspired in other ways. And so without any further ado, I've always wanted to say that I want to welcome my brother, Apostle Calvin Cook. Hallelujah. Hey, hey uh, Baker. Man, we got you got you got me all fired up from last week. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, uh, I have had to come back and rethink things I've said and done. It wasn't that they were wrong; the timing wasn't right. That's uh, right. And so, this is the hour uh, of uh, what I was <laughs> examination. The Bible says, uh, uh, "It says." Uh, Judge yourself lest you be judged. And God said, if you judge yourself rightly, then when I come to judge the world, you won't be included in that. So there must be an appraisal of our journey. And what I, I sometimes I fear is we have been left a blueprint called the tabernacle and everybody's throwing it out and they use it as a to gain people's interest in their teaching. And they want it to just be some interesting teaching. But they don't know it. it. It's coded. It's a mystery that shows you how to carry yourself into the presence of God and how to live in the kingdom and how to live as a man of God, a woman of God with great integrity. It, it, it intrigues me to see that every detail of our walk today is included in the revealing of the tabernacle of Moses in the wilderness of Sinai. When God says upon his eighth climb, he climbed eight times uh, to become an intercessor so he could get God's sight because everything you see now becomes new. Once you get up in the eighth ascension, got to get up there at least eight times before you see correctly. And many people are still looking from the bottom of the mountain like they have because, you know, Joshua never climbed with him. So he really couldn't lead the people until an impartation was made to him. So. He wouldn't have to climb, but the man of God had such an anointing. He could download what he saw to the man of God that was going to be his predecessor. Oh, Lord Jesus. My God. Oh, my God. You so said something that was so powerful. You said this, and this is the part that really gets me, that intrigues me, the part that really just, just breaks open. You said people are doing this because it's an interesting teaching and so that people can go forth and say, here's how the tabernacle works. Here's how this are, the mechanics, the mechanics. And I, I fear for us as the body, I fear for us that we walk in more mechanics than we do in the reality of what it is. This was not meant to just be mechanics. This was not meant to just go to a school and learn about the tabernacle. This was to live it. And if I'm correct, please correct. I mean, if I'm incorrect, please correct me. But otherwise, well, I want you to go ahead, speak to that, and then just go. He calls us tabernacles. It's very relevant. So he, he presents one and says, look at this. He tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, this is an example, a model. He tells us in Ephesians, this is a model. He tells us in Acts chapter 7, 38 and 48. And he says, 
I got types and figures in Hebrews chapter eight and nine of the true thing that's in heaven. There's a model of it here in the earth and make sure you build it according to the pattern. He never told anybody else to build anything according to the pattern. He told them to build this thing. What's he talking about? Build the sons according to the pattern. It's interesting to me. Let me prove this to you. Oh, my God. In the fourth chapter of Exodus, Moses says, well, what shall I tell Pharaoh? You know, I can't talk. You know, I stutter. And the Bible says in Acts 7, uh, seventh chapter that he was great in battle and mighty in speech. So he didn't stutter. He only stuttered when God asked him to do something like many of us do. But uh, the fact of the matter is, this is what God told him to tell uh, Egypt, Pharaoh. Let my son Israel go. Did you hear that? Watch this. Let my son Israel go. And then now we find him in the tabernacle in the 25th chapter of Exodus, building a son in the wilderness. You're leaving a model of the son that he's told him to let go. Y'all not listening to me. So he puts the model of the body of the son, of the Christ, in the desert in Sinai. He says, now this son won't come forth until there's proper insemination. And that insemination cannot take place in the outer court. And that insemination can't take place in the church age. You must go into the Holy of Holies and take the seed of Jesus and come out with the bride. And come out. You cannot have a nasty church and produce a son of righteousness. The church must be, um, the church's womb must be clean to produce a Christ. And so what we've done, we produce not Christ, we produce members, and they get to live any way they want. And they can they can jump around and go anywhere they want because they're not sons, because they have no bloodline. Because there's a let me get that's not my message for today. Lord Jesus, let's go. You want me to go where I was last time or where you want me to? All right, let me go here. Uh pray, I'm excited. Praise God. I love you guys. I love you, and I keep getting this. This is not a teaching for you to go teach it if you're not going to try to let God take you into the life that it reveals to you. There's a life in this, and it's going to be lonely for you because people don't want to come into his life. They want to come into ministry and get the accolades, get somebody to say, oh, you're so great. Look at how you do. Look at your mess. Look at your books. Look at all the stuff you've done. And this is not where we're going. Can I show you why? Because he told us in Colossians chapter 3, you're, you're dead and your life is hidden in Christ and God. So I'm not really trying to reveal you to nobody. I'm trying to reveal my son. I want my son to be revealed. You ain't, you can't bust a grape. Why would I want to reveal you? You hear what I'm saying? So God wants to reveal the son of God to this generation. Now watch this. This altar of incense had brought us into the mercy seat. I talked about that last year. Only two things you can get out of the mercy seat, out of your prayer life, even for your enemy, is mercy and grace. That's why you're supposed to love your enemy. How do you love your enemies? You go to the creator of the universe and get grace and mercy for your enemies. You don't like the president. You don't like Donald Trump. You don't like Joe Biden. You don't like these people. Go get some mercy for them from the mercy seat of God. You, If you don't... If you're supposed to love your enemies, how did you think you were going to love your enemies when you never have contact with them? You stay away. But God said, if you come boldly to my throne, I'll give you access to a grace and mercy. Oh, glory to God. 
that will turn the whole thing right back the way it's supposed to be if you just come get the ingredients of grace yes! from my throne. Hell, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, God. We don't even know what I'm talking about because we want people to pay. You did me wrong. You know, all of us should be on the barbecue right now, burning. But yet he saw fit. What would he to give us grace and mercy in the time of our need? What do you think your enemy needs? Grace and mercy. What do you think the lesbian needs? Grace and mercy. What do you think the pedophile needs? Oh, God. And he will show us, he will show us in, he will, he will reveal how to release that grace and that mercy. He will do that. And this is a part of it in yeah. living this. Yeah. It's gotta yeah. be real. It's real to me. It is. It's I real. I wasn't always real when I started prayer. It wasn't real. I was hard. And God took me through kept bringing me to the throne room. Hey, come on. And pretty soon I said, oh my God, grace and mercy. I got mm -hmm. it. So let me go. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so most Christians only engage. No, let me know. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Where I want to go is here. I want to give you some attributes about the mercy seat. The mercy seat is the only piece of furniture made of pure gold without any uh, substance as a compliment. The candlestick is made of pure gold, but it has a wick and uh, contains oil uh, to make it operable. The mercy seat, therefore, with two angels signifies the overshadowing of the spirit rather than that of any human being. Uh, in other words, what I'm saying, be careful telling people you're their covering. Because you ain't covering nobody. The God, if you study the tabernacle, he had no human covering covering anybody. He covered humans. I'm going to say this one more time. He covered them with oil. He covered them with blood. He covered them with garments. He covered their heads. Right, A garment came over their head, and he pulled up righteousness from the ground and covered their loins so they could produce righteousness. But none of them produced anything that covers Adam and Eve didn't cover themselves. God covered. So the very scope of covering is God's idea to cover, even in ministry. Now, the, the congregation covers people, but as a whole, they cover. But no one man can cover anything. I can't even cover my wife. I have to ask Jesus to cover my wife. I can't cover Miss D, but I can get covering for her. Now, anyway, that's not, that's not what we're doing. Now, I have D's head. But that's not the same thing. Uh, that's not time for me to teach that. But there's a significant difference. And so it's all God that has grace and mercy in the time of your need. It's all God. And God is not leading us into anything till we find grace and mercy. That's why the first thing you bump into is these angels who used to be in the Garden of Eden with a sword to keep you out. 
Now, here's these same angels over an ark inviting you into mercy and grace. Y'all not hearing me. When God put them clothes on Adam, listen to me, he knew that Jesus was going to die. He died already in the spirit realm, and now he's going to come back and die on the cross of Calvary. So the angels immediately said, grace and mercy. And so when you come into the throne room, the first thing you hear, the first sound you hear is a seven sprinkling of the blood over the mercy scene, grace and mercy, grace and mercy, grace and mercy, seven times. And so when you go in, we need the eighth time. You need to ask for what they've been asking for before you got in there, grace and mercy. You're not listening. For seven times, the blood cried out for mercy. He says, come boldly. What? This is. You have an opportunity to release something in the earth that's missing right now. What is it, Brother Cook? Grace and mercy. The eighth time, which means new beginnings. For that person you're praying for, new, new beginnings for your marriage, new beginnings for your children, new beginnings for your health, new beginnings. Why? Because you come in with, because you understand that that place that you're coming into is eternity. Because he placed eternity in your heart in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter three. Yeah. And so now you're coming right in contact with what he, your heart has brought you to his throne. And now you're engaging him for the one thing that's missing in the earth is grace and mercy. All right. Now, while we're in here, I'm going to show you why all the process brought you here, because there's something that we're not doing that God wants us to do. Why keep singing your way into his presence and still come out you? Why would you instill still doubtful, unbelieving, still uh, sleeping with your boyfriend, but yet you write in worship songs? Ha having sex like with that. him. Yeah, having sex, I'm a, I'm a worshiper. No, you're not a worshiper. You're not worshipers don't have sex with their boyfriends. See what I'm saying? Your girlfriends either. Mm -mm. Like, whoever they're having sex with, because you, you don't know who they're having sex with today. I've mm -hmm. had I've had I've had uh, uh, women call me and tell me their husband left her for another man, and she was beautiful. I said that man must be fine. Oh my God! Let me move out of there. So bad. Okay, let's still, go on now. Oh my gosh. Oh okay, my now watch gosh. this. Keep going. So, so what happens is the highest purpose of God is the holy of holies. What's supposed to happen there? Watch this. So most of us engage in spiritual warfare with the hope of, of relieving present distresses or attaining a, a normal existence. This is why we do all the warfare. However, the purpose of all aspects of spirituality or spiritual warfare included is to bring us into the image of God, his Christ. Nothing, neither worship, warfare, love, nor deliverance is truly attainable if we miss the singular objective is to be Christ-like. It is the reason we go through the outer court, the inner court, to, is to be transformed into the one thing that there's no warfare against, and that's his image. Did you hear what I said to you? Once, oh, once we come into, oh, 
That's why so many of us are fighting and fighting and struggling, making up warfare doctrines, making up different kind of angels that we get out of the New Age Bible, bringing them into the kingdom. Just all kind of stuff going on because you don't look like the Savior. I got plenty of scripture to back this up. Jesus said something in, in, in John that provoked me. He said, the wicked one has come, uh, amen, and we, and we know that whoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, that the wicked one touches him not. See, once you keep yourself at the mercy seat, he can't touch you. You don't hear me. As long as you're you, he's going to touch that part of you that's identified as you. As long as you identified as him, he can't touch that. He can't touch nothing that's been transformed. That's why we have all these prayers. It distracts us from transformation. It distracts us from becoming. We want to have a big meeting. I, I'm printing up my cars. I'm branding my ministry. I'm getting some gel in my hair so my hair points straight up to let you know who I represent. So my hair is pointing to heaven, but my heart's in hell because I want people to recognize me. I want them to know who I am. I'm going to get my name out there. If I can get over there, I can get me a healthy offering. And I can get those shoes I've always wanted. And I can get this and that. What in the Tarzan is going on? That has nothing to do with anything that died, Jesus died for you to do. <laughs> Tarzan. Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me keep on just one more oh, one more prayer. go ahead go ahead we got 10 minutes i mean nine. i just want to recall something because this takes place in the holy of holies let us recall the lord when he delivered egypt the hebrews out out of egypt in order to bring them into the promised land likewise we are delivered out of sin not that we might live for ourselves listen listen but that we might come into Christ's likeness. The only reason he delivered you is to look like his son. So he puts the tabernacle to show you the factory that changes you to look like him. All this stuff, ceremonial stuff, all these things, that's not ceremonial. Those are processes that you might look like the one who delivered you and come back into dominion in the earth Jesus, listen to me. When Adam fell, he didn't lose nothing but the image of God. And once he lost the image, he lost his dominion. He lost his relationship. He lost everything because he lost the image. The church has lost the image of God. That's why there's so much warfare. I don't find one time in the Bible where Jesus got attacked by a devil. He never faced any devil coming running at him other than to say, Jesus, what have I to do with you? You come early to dis destroy me? Uh, is it my time yet? They've been asking what time it was. Jesus, is it my time? Not us. Oh, the Lord, the door, the Lord been after me all day. All I've done all day is spiritual warfare. My God, our demons on the left and demons on the right. Wait a minute, that's because they can't see Jesus. You're supposed to put on the whole armor of God. If they had on the armor of God, it, you would look like the one the armor represents because it's light. And the devil can't see in the light and you can't see in the night. So that's the reason why he's whooping your hiney is because you're not in the light as he's in the light. Let me go on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let me just a little bit further here. And so our goal must align with God's goal. Well, if our nature does not change, we will invariably find ourselves entangled in the same problems that caused our difficulties in the first place. 
Now, I know you don't want to hear this, but the Bible says that you are preordained in map in Romans chapter 829. Uh, the father's purpose in our salvation was Jesus would become the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, the way to realize God's ultimate victory is to reach toward his ultimate goal, which is complete transformation into the likeness of his son, Jesus. Now, by Christ, if we're trying to do anything other than that, you're wasting your time in the church. Because the, how the enemy stays back off of you is when you look like the one who defeated him and made a show of him openly and triumphed over him and everything. If you look like you're black or you want to go with your white race card or whatever race card you want to use and use that as an excuse not to be able to flourish in the gardens of the courts where you've been planted by the Lord your God, then you'll, you'll fall in those places. But if he be risen, set your affections on things above. And you can tell you're risen because you take your mind off the problems below and send answers from right. above to solve That's the right. problems that are below you. Some people used to say, you're beneath me. And I don't say that to people. I say, the enemy, you're beneath me. You're under my feet because I'm in Christ now. Oh, I've been attacked. I've been hit with everything everybody else hit. But it's illegal. It's an illegal hit. And I know that. Well, my wife just had cancer. And man, it came, it came, it came in like a roaring lion. But guess what? It left out seven ways. Come on, somebody speak to me here. It left out. Now watch this. Her That's and right. I didn't raise our, we didn't raise our voice to cancer. We didn't, we didn't raise our voice. We didn't get excited. We said, cancer, you are a liar and you got to go. Come on here. We didn't yes. ask, oh, it's the cancer. We didn't do that. No. And she had to go back and get another surgery, two surgeries. Oh, here it come again. No, 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 no. no. I, we never fretted. We laughing now. We never fretted one. We didn't sweat one BB because we knew who we are in Christ. <laughs> Now, my wife and not I, we've been married 50 not years. One BB, huh? Not one BB. Because one brother was on TV talking about we be gods. And I said to him, make one BB and I might believe what you're saying. You can't even make a BB. You're talking about you like you're a God. We got that false doctrine being taught all over the place. Nobody's no God. We only got one God. And you ain't him. That's right. You know, That's you, right. you and I are not him. So we know that uh, there is a penetration of spirit between God and ourselves, where our spirits are fully saturated with the presence and the living presence of the Lord Jesus. Where his glory so floods our lives that there is no dark part left in you. Now, see, this is what we're talking about. And it tells us that if your eye be dark, then your whole body's dark. And that's a false presentation of the, of the one that's in the light and you're in the light and fellowship. That means somebody's lying about being in the light. That's why he has that scripture in there. So if your body is light, then you then that means you're walking in a dimension in him where the enemy can't touch this. John 11. No, John. What is it? Uh, I wrote it down here. Uh, let's see. Which one of these scriptures I got? Uh, it talks about the, the wicked one has come. He told, he told us this out. The wicked one has come, John 14, verse 30, but he can't find nothing in me. What are you talking about, Jesus? Well, he can't find access to anything. There. My soul is covered with blood. He can't find access to me, my emotions, my will, and, and, and my intelligence. He can't find access, so he can't touch this. That's it. So as long as there's something emotionally wrong with you or you're not whole in one area, he'll find access to you. 
That's why the man, when, when he was crying out, she said, what do you want me to do? He didn't say, heal me, Jesus. He said, Jesus, make me whole so I don't have to get sick again. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Once we're whole, then we don't have to be a wor uh, uh, worried about sickness again. That's am it. I, are you okay with this? I, am I? I, I'm not trying to show you. So the goal is not spiritual warfare. The goal is Christ likeness because that eliminates the warfare. Most of us don't want to hear that because you got your warfare doctrine. I did too uh, when I was over the prayer ministry 20 years ago. Uh, I did too. And I went into all kinds of spiritual warfare. Then the guy spoke, sent me down and says, what has you think been accomplished with all this stuff you've been doing? He said, show me, the, he said, get your pen and paper out. Show me the measurable results of 20 years of prayer. And we had some, we had a few, but it wasn't enough to cover a page. They say if you continue to do the same things with no results, he said, that's insanity. So I yeah. stopped doing all that nonsense. And I tried to find my place in him where I was hidden in the light as he's in the light. Then I didn't have to do all that fighting. Wow. Yeah. Because I have not, I've been in warfare, but I don't believe, don't, 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 don't let me. <laughs> I haven't been in warfare, but I ain't fighting something that's already been won for me. I'm not, I'm not trying to moved and people talking about they faced the devil by themselves that's a fool right there because you one angel walked through the camp of the assyrians and 178,000 people fell dead how are you gonna tell me that you walking and and, and confronting a devil uh, the devil himself and you can't handle one of his imps that's right if you did, your wife wouldn't have left you that's right why your life all upside down if you got all this supernatural power in the heavenlies it's like Peter walking on the water. They want to make a big deal out of that. But Peter couldn't live on the land, right? That's His it. His assignment wasn't in the water. His assignment was on the land. He failed in the land, but he had one time walking on the water because Jesus' word held him up. And now everybody's saying, get out of the boat. Well, don't tell them people to get out of the boat. That was a betrayal of friendship. His friends didn't know how to operate a ship in the storm. Peter did, but he didn't. So he, and Peter didn't say, save us, Lord. He said, save me. Save me. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. We're teaching these lessons that make individual people superstars rather than get the team over to the other side. That's something all, God always wants to get the body into purpose on the other side because all things work together for our good. Uh, according to the purpose to those, those to those that are to called those to not those. Peter getting out the boat. Not, not I don't like one. to sensationalize that, but that's that shows right. you what men do that are impetuous. That's right. He didn't say that's save right. us. He said save me. Me, yes, yes. What about the other eleven guys? Thirty-five about seconds. The doctor? the doctor didn't know how to swim. Come on, somebody. They didn't know what to do out at sea. <laughs> None of them. None of Listen, them. I don't know if I did this. I didn't get into where I wanted to. Well, we we will have time next week. We, oh, coming uh, back again? You oh, got me yes, you are. oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. We're not finished with this. God, God has something that he wants us to do. And we are people that will dig into stuff and obey God because your time don't belong to you and mine does not belong to me. This is Apostle uh, Baker, Jay Baker, who happens to be a doctor in psychology. I just love that. My brother gave me that when he rebuked me once. Any rate, and Apostle Calvin. you. Oh, yes, you did. Anyway, uh, an apostle, <laughs> when he corrected me, when he corrected me, there it is, correction, corrective correction. Anyway, uh, an apostle Calvin Cook, who will be back next week. 
to tell it like it is the kingdom way so i thank you i thank you i thank you call your friends get people get people excited about this get people because this is the way to live bye bye we'll see you next week come on you need to wave wave at the people apostle cal oh, okay i'm sorry i will i love you guys <laughs>